welcome to the My Muy Bueno Women in Business podcast to inspire, empower, strengthen, support and motivate you on your walk as a woman in business. I'm Justine Murphy, founder and CEO of My Muy Bueno and a very warm welcome to this fortnight's episode which is all about working mamas. Yay! It's about time we broached this subject. We've had so many to cover along the way first. Um, but of course, this one is really important. And um, yeah, if you're a male listener tuning into this episode, I hope if you have a, a, a wife, you will have even more respect for her by the end of it. <laughs> um, because of course, there's a lot to say about it. And uh, but before we jump headfirst in, uh, yeah, how have you all been? How's your last two weeks been? I hope you have all been um, good. We are slowly easing out of lockdown here in London um, and the weather has been good. Yesterday it was amazing and hot and even today it's been it's overcast but it's warm which is so very unusual and lovely. Um, what's, up, what's my two weeks been like? A total blur quite frankly. Um, exhausting and intense and we've literally gone from nothing happening to everything happening at once and getting really busy in our agencies so I've literally working quite frankly all the hours um, humanly possible without completely running myself into the ground and on some days I am running myself into the ground we will do an episode about self-care and uh, I'm probably going to have to play it back to myself 20 times just to remind myself how important it is. But unfortunately, at the moment, again, you will know if you are a woman in business, you know, you know how it is, you know the drill. And right now in COVID times, you know, I mean, I've streamlined my business. I've had no choice, you know, in everything that happened last year, streamlined my teams down, you know, I've got to be... Um, stepping up to the table and I like literally in a million ways even writing my notes just now in a million ways it feels like year one of business but at least I'm not having to change nappies full of poo um, and breastfeed all night long as well so that part's great um, and those of you who are having to navigate at this time and you are having to do that you know it's a lot um, a huge amount to deal with and as women we just deal with it because that's what we do um yeah. Oh, there's lots to cover. Uh, so yeah, I've been really, um, you know, I've only got, uh, you know, handful of, of my team who are all part-time and literally individually doing everything they're doing. And I'm picking up the brunt of everything else and just having to get on with it. Um, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, really intense, uh, very hard and just, yeah, all in, uh, really, yeah, massively, really. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a, a, a yeah busy few weeks just trying to process. I haven't really had much time to think about much. Uh, and as such, here I am the day before my podcast is meant to be out, uh, just waiting to do this now because I've had no time. Uh, my time, as always, as a woman in business, you will be used to prioritizing and reprioritizing constantly. And of course, you know, clients are shifting to the top all the time. Your children are shifting to the top all the time. Uh, and pretty much it's between those two things as a mama, um, you know, uh, the beauty of 
having your own business is the fact that you are, you know, you do call the shots, you're in control. And that was really important for me from the start. So um, being able to be my own boss and, and make the rules up, you know, my rules, my business, my rules and uh, what works for me goes really. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of, and, and right now it's kind of, you know, obviously we've, thank goodness my boys are back at school. It has been very intense, but I say that actually tomorrow they're, they're breaking up again because then it's two weeks off for Easter. So we've just had three months off and now uh, two weeks off and then, um, yeah, it will all been a bit, a bit bonkers at times and it's probably going to be a bit bonkers next week, but making sure that I account for, again, trying to utilise my time in a better way um, so that they get me and I get time with them however you know when it's really busy it, it is what it is quite frankly um, and even when working close to 20 out of 24 hours uh, you know it's impossible you know and I work hard and fast you know what I cram into one hour you know another person might take four you know I really blitz through and accelerate which is why my eyes are so bad so I saw an eye doctor a few weeks ago and she gave me loads of drops and told me off for having 18 hour days in front of the computer and so on. But again, not much I can do. And so my eyes are just raw. Um, you know, they're so dry. I'm putting all these drops in that now are burning like crazy because my eyes are so sore and so raw. I'm wearing these glasses now. I mean, reading glasses because um, my eyes are just suddenly becoming so bad from, again, so much screen time. Sorry, grabbing the glasses and tissue right now to give them a clean. So, yeah, um, and then my, yeah, finally, after years of, of having really bad pain um, in my shoulder and after many different specialists and MRI scans and a ridiculous amount of money privately being moved from doctor to doctor and specialist to specialist and now being here in London having all these MRIs and now an X-ray. And finally, I seem to have been diagnosed with a loss of lordosis, which means that I've lost my curvature in my spine and therefore my shoulders and my neck are carrying the heaviness of my head, which explains the pain through my shoulder, finally, and going into my arm, causing the numbness that I'm feeling and why. Uh, so anyway, the first thing I did was buy a pillow, a special pillow, uh, which is helping keep my head elevated at night. And that's definitely helping. Um, but yeah, again, it's all come from all of the years of every time I'm pulling all these hours and my head is bent down at the computer screen all the time. Um, so yeah, it's uh, uh, really feeling hard, the effects of years of business uh, and feeling those effects in my body, feeling the effects of not having the time for as much self-care. You know, like all of us, we always tend to put ourselves last. Uh, very much lately doing what Octavia encouraged, which is making sure we are celebrating our achievements. I'm working so hard right now. So when I am smashing it, I'm making sure I am treating myself to some lovely things. So uh, yeah, a nice pair of new shoes this week or a nice pair of bit of jewelry a few weeks ago and making sure you do the same. You know, it's so important. Otherwise, yeah, where are we where we just keep on keeping on all the time and smashing this and smashing that and never stopping to just say, well done me, you know, wow, you know, I do deserve something nice. I really do. I really, you know, and, and, and we need to, we really do. Um, what we do and what we achieve as, as women um, running our businesses, but then even more so as mothers on top of it, you know, it's two roles in one. And 
um it's you know it's it's kind of again we li we live in a world that still forever is you know we have this whole uh, stigma around women and women who work and um uh you know just the whole gender parity thing really and again it, it was the one thing that um why I, it's the reason behind why I started my women in business in the first place and started it in in Spain in Mallorca where being a woman in business is ridiculously hard one because you're a woman you know two if you're a mother even more so because surely you should be by the kitchen sink and that's about it and taking your husband his slippers and his plate of his bocadillo or whatever and um uh, and then yeah and then if you're yeah on top of it if you're english well there you go uh you will probably receive the biggest amount of sexism uh that's out there really um i think i've told you guys before about years ago with the um my account my first ever accountant in mallorca and when i told him that i was pregnant he sorted all the paperwork out for me to finish and to wrap up my business you know it was only a year it was like four or five months into year one or whatever it was how insulting so yeah obviously i i quickly had him sort out the paperwork to to no longer be my uh my accountant and swiftly found a new one um yeah so i mean we've all received um been on the receiving end i'm sure at different times of that sort of thing uh, not just in spain but anywhere um and the kind of people's assumptions towards you as a woman i mean i mean i've had it from not just men but also women um yeah and it's shocked me to the core when it's happened and i remember years ago obviously having friends or acquaintances whose husbands work away on yachts and and they don't work they they're at home looking after the children and their husbands are earning big money on the yachts you know bringing 10 15 grand in a month so you know they don't need to work and you know that's totally fine you know obviously you don't need you know and and See, and that's the thing, you know, everyone's different. If you are a stay-at-home mom and, you know, you are just, you are domesticated, cleaning the house, keeping everything ticking over at home, looking after the children, uh, raising the children, all of those things while your husband works, well, that's totally fine. That's good for you. That works for you. And then you have, of course, women who are ambitious and they are in jobs and they love those jobs and they don't need to give them up and, and they contribute to the household and the income or maybe they are the breadwinners and therefore the what their their work is is what's kind of keeping the wheels turning and paying for the roof over the head of the whole family and um and then of course sometimes the the male will take up the role of you know house husband and so on and so forth and then that works fine or maybe both parents work and therefore then have to get home help and um you know a nanny or an au pair or whatever it might be um which is something i've never wanted and i'll talk more about that later and then of course you have um yeah your own business not working for someone else but working for yourself and for me that was the most uh, one of the biggest reasons spurring me on, you know, knowing that, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, start a family and have children and being the boss of my own company and getting that started, and, but, you know, um, and generating income before, you know, before being pregnant um, and having children and, and then, you know, everything kind of being yeah just doing things my way or you know my rules because they worked for me um and i guess that's where obviously a lot of it came from with having to get up earlier or go to bed later because it would be the time that you know seth would be sleeping and 
Um, I could put them down from a feed and next thing you know, it's like two in the morning and I'm up there, you know, I'm sat up working on jobs and chipping away um, uh, because it's the quiet time and I could get loads done. And yeah, I guess that stuck really. Um, and I'm sure it has for many of you because yeah, it's, uh, uh, and the thing is it's working. You you have, I mean, of course, you know, you, you are, you're plugged in all the time. You're plugged in with your work. You're plugged in with your home. You're with your children. Uh, you know, when they're they're dinky, when they're little. I mean, even when you're pregnant. I mean, I was so heavily pregnant. Oh my goodness! You know, I'm only just shy of five foot. Anyhow, there was nowhere for my bump to go. I mean, I was just this ginormous ball. <laughs> um, and obviously, towards the end of my pregnancy, I was really struggling. I couldn't sleep. I was throwing up nonstop. Um, I'd had really bad um, Braxton Hicks and uh, in and out of hospital. And my husband had to keep flying back from the boat and taking holiday time, which, you know, uh, just, you know, and baby hadn't even come yet. And then, um, yeah. And then of course, everything happened with Seth being that, you know, they were worried about me because of my epilepsy, because I, um, you know, my, the, the type of epilepsy I have a diagnosis with, um, in previous years has, is tonic clonic epilepsy, which means that when I'm really tired, I kind of lose, have kind of short circuit and I have these flinches. And obviously if that keeps happening, then it can turn into a full blown seizure. Uh, which it did multiple times in the past. Um, but because I wasn't sleeping, they really, and I started having these little kind of short circuit moments, these little flinches, like a loss of time for a short second or two. Uh, they made the decision, the doctor made the decision to induce and to take him out. Um, and obviously that's when, you know, he was negligent in how he did that. He He literally, he, you know, uh, they they didn't wait for Seth to drop. He hadn't dropped. And literally, I mean, looking back at it now, it was horrifying, you know, pushing my stomach and pushing, you know, two two midwives pushing my stomach down, which um, is called fundal pressure and illegal in England, um, and pushing him down. Of course, then he was then from that wedged behind my pubic bone and then pulling him by his head um, out while his his shoulder, right right shoulder was stuck behind my pubic bone and kept just pulling and pulling and you, you visualize it, you know. Um, and of course, then this almighty snap and they snapped obviously his C5 and C6 inside his brachial plexus, the very nerves that are uh, responsible for the operation of your arm and uh, his right arm, which just then was like this dead meat. And it was so obvious because his left arm was shaking in the air and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, and I remember laughing about it, going, you know, what's that? It's the angry arm, you know, we just kind of joked about it. And his face was so purple and, you know, he got wrapped up. And of course, you know, again, it's, uh, it took kind of weeks and weeks and weeks to get the diagnosis of herbs palsy, uh, finally from the herbs palsy group here in the UK, um, who were amazing and told me to go immediately and get a second, uh, opinion, which of course, then he was diagnosed immediately and straight into physiotherapy at, you know, four, five weeks old. So it wasn't a normal start to the whole being a working mama because one, throughout all of that time, I was still having to run my business. Um, and I didn't take obviously any maternity leave for either of my children. Again, you're all in all the time. There's no one else who can do your job for you. Um, so yeah, having to go through all of that process, then my husband had gone back to the boat. So I was completely on my own. 
And it was just me and Seth every day getting up, uh, having to do, you know, the breastfeeding, the nappy changes, all the normal stuff. And then having to just get from the beginning of a day to an end of a day. That was, that was it, you know, uh, I, you know, having to go in, in a taxi to the hospital to do the physiotherapy session, doing the same physio exercises, every nappy change to keep his arms supple, supple, to stop his muscles from deteriorating. So having all this extra stuff on top of the normal moment, you know, uh, I didn't get to have that kind of, oh, this is my little baby. You know, obviously I had those moments, but really I was so, um, overwhelmed with just everything else going on and processing it and trying to, um, you know, just, yeah, deal with that situation. Um, and, you know, coming to terms with his disability and coming to terms, you know, and finding help and finding the, you know, just, woof, it's a lot, you know, a huge amount to deal with, massive amount. Uh, and nothing prepares you for that, of course. Um, and I can only say, you know, one, I got through it because again, as a Christian, you know, trusting in God every single day, uh, just to get me through each day. And then secondly, I guess, again, like, you know, all of my life experience and everything I've ever gone through has given me, you know, made me, a, made me feel of like the stronger stuff to feel better equipped, I guess, to just have to deal with things head on, which is how I deal with things. Uh, you know, any given situation, it's how I deal with things. Uh, and because again, there's, there's no alternative. What, what's the alternative? Um, you can't just roll over and say, okay, I can't do this. You know, you, you have to do this, you know? Um, and of course I had this massive responsibility to this tiny little baby who's there with this piece of this arm, just hanging down by his side and like, wow, you know, I need to graft harder. I've got to work even harder now because because wow you know um and I remember at the time as well I mean I remember gosh oh I remember being um obviously keeping it a secret initially about Seth and everything because obviously I was in denial as well and I in my mind I was hoping it was just all going to be you know confirmed that oh no it's just going to be fine and you know in a week's time it'll be back it'll just be moving and that's it you know that's the kind of that's what I was playing over and over in my head. Um, but obviously, little by little, that wasn't the case. And at the time, I had kind of different people coming to the house to do different things. And one of them was an acupuncturist. I kind of had booked her privately, paying some crazy hourly rate for her to stick these acupuncture needles in his arm. Because for me, it was just trying anything and hoping it would help stimulate, you know, his, his, you know, something inside to just, you know, register. Obviously, at that point, it was not knowing that the nerves were severed. So no matter what you did, it wasn't going to make that arm move. So it was, uh, but it was she, it was this woman who actually then said to me, you know, oh, you know, one day I was really upset and she was like, oh, well, you know, give yourself a break, you know, understanding a child is disabled is a, is a tall order. And I was kind of like, what? like in just hearing that word, even just hanging in the air, it was just, you know, and so I think that was a, a day that I think I just kind of sobbed in a heap and um, it was a turning point to have to start to kind of go through I guess a grieving process really it, all of those sort of similar stages those seven stages of grieving was what I then kind of went through until ultimately coming out the other side you know finding the herbs palsy group having the diagnosis just this is our life now this is the cards we've been handled this is what you know uh we're just gonna we're just gonna keep on keeping on um so yeah it was it was 
ridiculously hard. Um, and, you know, it's just... Uh, and then, yeah, that was it. I remember at the time, then when I finally did announce about Seth Serb's palsy, and I had people messaging, asking if I was going to close the business now and just care for my child. And I was like, hell no, I need to work even harder. I've got to, like, I don't know what this future, what his future is going to hold. With it. I need to work like 10 times harder now more than ever before. Like, and what the hell is that? And again, it was from women, um, which, you know, it kind of really, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, really. Um, uh, and yeah, no, that wasn't my stance. And that wasn't, you know, and again, strong enough to, I guess, handle that being upset about it, but just kind of saying no, and that's that and unfriend you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, gosh, so those early years, uh, sorry, those early months were extremely hard, then obviously leading up to his operation, which by that time, I was pretty much an expert in herbs palsy or brachial plexus in Spanish. I'd researched it inside out. I joined the herbs palsy group on Facebook. Uh, you know, really, I literally had gone all the way back through every single post posted by every mother ever on that group and looked at all the pictures they were sharing of how their arm was and how that's just like Seth's and reading and looking ahead at people who were posting about their five-year-old, six-year-old and so on and just getting some hope, you know, hope that we can get, you know, an operation that hope that, you know, and it's not like a, a broken leg, you know, nerves, you know, his arm's never going to be the same again. He's always going to have partial paralysis. The The operation can only do so much. Uh, it can never give him, you know, proper use of his arm. Um, and that's something that, you know, um, you know, having to, now he's older, having to kind of just always talking to him very honestly about his arm, really. And every day, I think not a day has gone by that I've not prayed for him and his arm for healing and always encouraging him, right arm, Seth, two arms, Seth, right arm, Seth. That's literally every single day because uh, the more he uses it, the better it will become stronger at least um, because it doesn't come naturally to do so and it gets tired and it hurts. He obviously uses his left arm more had to learn to write with his left arm and has had to kind of come back in school uh, twice now uh, just because he was so behind uh, from things like that. You know, just being at an age where other kids were, you know, in the first first kind of reception and, and he was struggling to pull his pants up because, you know, it's something we always did for him and then suddenly having to do it independently. So he's had to really, he's been on the back foot and had to kind of get some tough skin and he's the most incredible boy, you know, super sensitive and massive heart and very clever um but yeah we've we've been on a journey together that's for sure and I'm always talking to him about it and sharing about it and um in the right way you know and it's always been just his right arm never his herbs arm or his poorly arm or his right you know his bad arm for me I never wanted any sort of negative connotation affixed to it uh so that's been something so really navigating all of that and then obviously a massive operation when he was just four weeks old which I moved mountains for to to literally find someone in the world to donate a private jet um I mean, really, there is nothing that a mother's love can't do. And hell, if you're a woman in business, that means you've got gusto and you've got brain, like a sharp head and brain on you. So you will you will move all those mountains and make it happen. And I remember at the time, uh, you know, they said, OK, he's going to have to have uh, surgery and it's exploration surgery. So when they first go into his neck area and open up in there, don't know how long it's going to take. The longer, you know, the longer it is, the worse the damage, really. Um, 
And they said he'll then be in like a full body pasta cast, which will then be up and around his head and looped around around his back and his torso, you know, a four week old baby, you know, wow. So for me, it was like, well, how are we meant to get him home if he can't be moved and he's going to be flat on his back with this cast around him and uh, we can't get on the airplane with him. We're not going to be able to go through even security holding him like that, uh, like holding him on his back. They're going to expect us to get him out of the out of the pram. And there's no way we can go on a flight and hold him that way in our hands. So it's just like, I need to find someone who's going to donate a jet to get us from Leeds back to Mallorca. Um, and, you know, I was very matter of fact on this, you know, and for me, you know, when I've got my mind set on something, I, I do it, you know, I am all or nothing. So that was it. And I said about, uh, starting a Twitter account. I started messaging everyone from Kim Kardashian to Beyonce, um, everyone, all these different private jet companies around the world. I mean, just, uh, every, everyone literally day and night for about two solid days. Um, and I, kind of shouted about it and asked people to pass it on. And I remember, you know, I had a girlfriend who kind of, again, like, like people were just like, you know, it's amazing when you, you're so determined and you say something so outside of the box, you know, so many people will try and tell you, you know, no, no, you can't do that. No. You know, I had a friend who was like, you know, we'll get, a, we'll get a car and we'll drive. And it's like, no, you can't drive. He's going to have a surgery and be flat and can't take him on a drive from Leeds through to Mallorca um, for however many hours that would take, 24 hours or something running straight. You know, that's just not viable and that's not going to happen. I'm going to get a private jet. And then obviously my husband, he was there on the boat and he had no idea because he was so busy working. He had no concept. He wasn't where I was. He didn't have all the information I had. He hadn't been on the groups and absorbing and learning and comprehending everything with Seth uh, to know how serious this was. So of course he thought I was just being like OTT. It was just like, you know, baby, please. I think, I think that's a bit much. And I was just like, no. No, no, it's not, you know, um, you know, this is serious. And at the time I, I set up a, a crowd, like a crowdfund, like a campaign to help us at the time with all the, the costs with the hotel, uh, hotel with the, um, hospital costs. And because the insurance wouldn't, wouldn't do anything. No one could help, help us. No one would help in any way. Um, and obviously I was trying to, you know, work, you know, all the hours through the night. And, uh, but yeah, we needed like, you know, again, working can do all the work, but that's money's not coming in for maybe a month or two months even, um, especially with recruitment. So yeah, working hard, then having help from others, which was, you know, these donations so appreciated them and they really helped. They helped all the flights back and forth and the specialist and just everything, just the extra, uh, yeah, the care and the extra physiotherapy going on and just stuff, um, all of that. So that really helped. Taking away that financial burden was just a big one um, at the time. But then, yeah, so out of nowhere, I remember getting an email about two days of consistently sending out messages everywhere. And I had someone message and just ask, you know, from an airline company and asked a couple of questions. And of course I got my hopes up and I didn't hear back from them again. And then I got a, another message from a company in Leeds itself, where the Leeds Children's Hospital is, um, called Multiflight. And the wonderful people at Multiflight, uh, they contacted me and said that their boss um, would like to donate. He has a property back in Mallorca and he's back and forth fairly often. So he would really like to be able to donate a leg of 
his trip and he'll come on board as well because he'll go and visit his house that that day and so on um but he will um uh yeah he, he would like to give it to you and i remember putting the phone down going wow that's you know like oh my gosh you know like this is it you know and i remember putting the phone down and just being like oh my goodness and i remember then messaging a, a girlfriend and she was like oh but is that going to be with fuel or do you have to pay, pay for the fuel and i was oh you know because the fuel's going to cost quite a lot and i was like oh i didn't ask oh crap you know like what if that that's wow i can't afford like 20 grand or 40 grand or how much does it cost to fuel a plane like oh gosh so i started panicking i remember it was like midnight and i messaged i emailed the lady back and said you know uh didn't expect to reply obviously till the next next day but i said about this and uh she replied immediately and said no there's no 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 cost at all it's everything is all in we would like to donate this flight to seth to get him home safely and wow wow like oh my gosh that is like amazing so yeah i mean so yeah big big forever grateful to david hood who's the owner of multi-flight um and just yeah wow uh so i did it i got a within two days i got us a, a donated flight to take us from uh, leads after his operation, uh, then the, the, the amazing, the enormous generous, uh, generosity of, uh, Sharon and Ben, who also get a special mention here. They were, uh, Sharon was, a uh, a, a colleague and acquaintance many years ago at a PR firm I worked in and, um, now is very much a friend, uh, and she's an uh, incredible human being and her and her husband, another incredible human being had offered to help, um, in fact, she'd obviously put the feelers out as well for trying to find um, uh, airlines and private jet companies at the time as well, because they live not far from that neck of the woods. Anyhow, um, they offered that they, Ben could come and, and pick us up so we didn't need to worry about renting a car or getting a taxi, that he would come and meet us at the hospital. And as we carried Seth out, we'd go straight in the car, straight to multi-flight and then on that plane. Um, and that's that's what we did. So within two hours, we were back in Mallorca. Uh, didn't I? Don't think I even got my passport out. Um, yeah, how the whole world of private jetting works. So yeah, we got on, um, took Seth back, and then it was it was October at the time, so it was really um, it was still warm in Mallorca, which meant about three weeks into the four weeks of his cast, he started developing these sores on his chest from the cast. Um, so we had to have it removed carefully out there and have him all bandaged up tight and oh my word so yeah and again meanwhile all of this was happening I remember being in 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 the hospital even and um you know having to be checking my emails and doing things and working on jobs and keeping that you know things you still have to keep things ticking over um uh otherwise you lose jobs or you lose clients and you know no one you know even if people are like oh sorry to hear about your situation anyway i need a chef right now <laughs> okay uh you know uh, that's the reality of it of course and 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 my job so i'm there to deliver and look after my clients at any time no matter what's going on in my personal world so yeah so that was a huge part of my first son's life and my whole experience as a working mama um and it was huge yeah it was an enormous um amount to carry and obviously like in all times in the first year or two years of business you are wearing all the different hats you are doing the accounts you're doing this you're doing that you're you know uh so i was kind of constantly um 
yeah, having to just like not not forget to <laughs> invoice a client and just be on top of making sure those bills went out. So we had the money coming in and oh, wow, it was, yeah, intense, very full on. And then obviously as, as he got older, I would have him into the office, obviously with me. He came with me everywhere. He literally came with me everywhere. Again, he's, he's my baby. I'm not going to put him somewhere else. Um, so I would have him in, I got his great um, baby seats that was a bit like a egg and it turned on its back so he could be sleeping next to me um, and I could be in the office. So uh, I, I remember having captains coming in and, you know, and having like serious chats about, you know, chef placement and what type of chef they're looking for. And to my left would be Seth fast asleep um, and occasionally, you know, spitting the dummy out and putting it back in. And uh, and it, it worked fine. You know, people didn't ever, you know, it was kind of for me, it was always very matter of factly. Here I am with my son and I'm doing my job. So uh, nothing changes, you know, still going to be, you know, it just didn't change anything. And a lot of captains weren't phased, quite frankly. Um, I do remember years later, I will never forget being slightly mortified having after having Jacob uh, and he had, uh, I was, I was busier and at a point where uh, I'd put him, gosh, uh, he must have been, yeah, I breastfed longer with Jacob than I did with Seth because with Seth, I, there was so much else going on. I couldn't be draining myself to the extent I was when I was breastfeeding and feeding him as long with doing everything else. It was a step too much. So I had to get him on formula pretty early. Um, and again, just, you know, I didn't really care what anyone else thought about that because no judgment, like don't ever judge a mother ever. <laughs> um, because, you know, so, and it was, I had no, no, arms about doing that it had it was the right decision for me and quite frankly my baby because my baby needs me so um and yeah already being as as stretched as I was both with work and as a new mother new mother um yeah it was an important decision to to make to make sure my son could have enough milk and um and then yeah but it just meant with Jacob I I really wanted to enjoy that time the second time round and have those moments and have those feeding times and all the things I just didn't get to have because they were always taken up with physiotherapy. Um, so yeah, the second time round, uh, and after, I mean, of such a traumatic birth, you know, it was important for me to get on that horse again quickly. I wanted to, um, not be too scared to be from the whole thing and, and sure enough, close, closest, you know, a couple of weeks close uh, to me giving birth to Jacob, I started having the like panic attacks and, and, uh, you know, just nightmares and waking up, you know, terror, like just terrified that the same thing was going to happen again. Uh, and literally taking me right back. And I remember saying to the, found a, a brilliantly recommended doctor. And I said, no matter what, I want a C-section. And I remember, you know, saying he knew how important it was to me. And I said, you know, it's so important, you know, you just take my baby safely. And he said, I'll, I'll try. And I just remember like that word try, you know, I'm not a person who ever says I will try, you know, I will do, you know, really don't ever tell me you'll try because it's probably the worst thing you can say to me. You know, you, when you do it, <laughs> you will not try, you will do. So I remember my face and I was just like, you will do, you will not try to take my baby safely. You will take my baby safely. And he was like, yes, yes, Justin, I will. I mean, it must've been like very heavily pregnant, scary mama bear face. So <laughs> um, anyhow, when it came to it, I was in labor early and um, I had no idea it was labor. And yeah, that's a story in itself anyhow. Um, but 
in the end, he was, yeah, premature and I was given the choice of taking him naturally or going for the C-section. I was like 100% C-section. I need my, you know, I'm just not taking this chance. No way. I have a choice here to make sure and like, you know, I'm taking it. So he was C-section. Then he had to go in the ICU and I didn't meet him straight away. Anyway, I remember being in hospital. There's photos of me in hospital and I was doing placements in hospital after having a C-section and I had a chest infection at the time. So every time I was coughing, I was having to hold on and push my whole recently stitched up area because I was there smashing out jobs. Uh, hadn't, you know, hadn't met my son yet, uh, but still having to keep the wheels turning because I had clients, you know, needing me and needing chefs. So, uh, and I think I smashed like 40K. I, I literally, in the hospital, after having my second son, with a chest infection, coughing nonstop, with a massive C-section scar, and I literally just like smashed out like four or five jobs. Uh, yeah, I think like 40K and just like, yes. How empowering is that? I mean, really, wow. Um, and then, yeah, I got to meet Jacob finally after a full day, by which time my boobs were like massive sandbags, as you well know. Uh, they just fill up immediately with, you know, your body knows that your child is no longer in your body. So therefore your boobs fill with all the milk. And my baby wasn't wasn't coming to me to suck this milk. Uh, so finally when he did, uh, yeah, I had to get him draining those bazookas which is what they were um but yeah all the while uh yeah so sorry going back to where I kind of was was my train of thought going back to that was I remember one day in a, in my other office a new office we'd moved from a, a big serviced office to a smaller independent one and there was a lovely nursery someone recommended down the road so I had put Seth in there because obviously then suddenly having a newborn and a one and a half year old was really intense on your own <laughs> double the love half the sleep but double the love that's what um that was my mantra <laughs> uh and yeah obviously my husband was still away and it was just yeah it was a bit insane and so uh I think when Jacob got to about six months or so no so he was seven months old and I put him in this nursery um down the road that had been really recommended to me it was like literally 10 minute walk or run um down a couple of streets in the old town of Palmer and I could go there and I could go and feed and then run back to work and they would have him just for a few hours a day but enough to just give me that that time just to uh, head down and stuff and I remember sitting with the captain having a meeting and it was obviously that time and uh, I remember he pointed down to be like you know oh just uh, you know nodded towards my my bosom and I looked down there's this massive wet patch of milk because obviously my boobs have just like livened up like it's feeding time I'm gonna start leaking on you um <laughs> that was my cue to be like oh gosh okay well, I need to go and feed my son um and whoop you know how embarrassing uh but hey it is what it is so um luckily it was it was a captain I knew quite well so he kind of he was quite amused but uh yeah uh that was that was that. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I remember with my first son, you know, it was dealing with the whole enormity of everything else happening as well. Being on my own. No, you know, obviously we don't have any family. So, for, you know, we've got close friends, uh, but those close friends were in England. So it really was just me on my own with Seth um, and having to uh, come to terms with everything with his herbs palsy. Uh, make sure I, you know, uh, just like every nappy change and every every feed and every 
uh, every crucial element of being a mummy, you know, every bath wash and all those things that matter so much when you have a newborn, uh, the physio came in in exactly the same um, enormity. So it really was. It was nappy change, you know, physiotherapy, exercises, uh, feeding and washing and bathing and changing and that was it on repeat of course as you well know at that age and then having to deal with the, the crying and the incessant crying and you know and you're so sleep deprived already and that crying and crying it was just you know exhausting and like I said I had to really uh, get myself into a mentality of just putting my feet on the floor every morning and just getting to the end of that day and not thinking any further than that and that helped me to get through it because uh, it was a lot. It was a lot to deal with. Some days just being absolutely depleted of, of yeah, anything and, you know, still having to keep on keeping on. So it's very hard. Um, but, you know, got through it for me, you know, it's making sure my little one, my baby was, was looked after and protected and, and, you know, give him the very best of everything I could. And that's been massive driving force for me as a, as a mum, as a mummy in business and, and again, like I said, it was the, you know, a big part of the reason I wanted to be my own boss and, and call the shots, you know, because uh, just how things work, just, you know, what works for me might not work for you because my life and my world and my business and how I do things is completely different to you and your situation uh, and your business. And so again, just like going back to never judging, you know, um, you know, again, just across the years, judgment, you know, and uh, I've always worked crazy long hours and because I'm a mummy because I then choose to then put down and cook dinner and have that time and you know then it means I'm on the back foot in other places so I have to put those hours in and get up earlier to do things and go to bed later um and that works and it works brilliant for me uh, brilliantly for me and you know I don't just have one business I've never had one business I have multiple businesses so I'm having to literally flip between those businesses manage them orchestrate them keep the wheels turning in them, keep the money coming in, you know, being the breadwinner and, and the, you know, the provider for my family, you know, um, after a few years, my husband came in to look after the accounts in the business while the boys were so young and be home to help with the children. Uh, him being away just wasn't viable. And, um, you know, for me, it made no sense to pay someone a load of money to handle our, our, our account, you know, the business accounts when, you know, it was something he could handle and it was for us and our family and so on. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, and that's, and that served its purpose, you know, and he served his purpose at the time throughout the business. But otherwise, you know, it's my business, my baby, my, the wheels are all turning and I'm, I'm the one grafting. And if I'm not grafting, then the wheels aren't turning and the money just won't, you know, the jobs won't place themselves. Um, things won't happen. The, the team won't do, you know, you've got to be, you, you're all in all the time. You're completely plugged in all the time. Uh, you know, my husband's there watching TV and at night and I'm head down working and I'm still working and he goes to bed and I'm still working, you know, and it's just constant. So you just literally like all, I mean, and now like these last weeks, it's, you know, it's full on, it's very intense, um, you know, but then on the flip side of it, you know, it's, it's hugely rewarding. You know, if my children are sick, I can literally be like, right, I'm working from home. Obviously in COVID times, pretty much most of us are working from home. However, in non, in non back in how it used to be times um 
you know, I could just be, I could go to the office and, you know, I always had like a sofa in my office and I always designed my offices to be almost like a really beautiful luxury apartment, you know, because over time it got to a stage that I was having to sleep in there. Um, and then that way my boys got maximum sleep opposed to dragging them out of bed at four in the morning to get in, to be in for the deli, to be cooking all the deli food, then going and doing, working on jobs and they'd be shattered, you know, and that's not fair on them. So the best solution was us sleeping on my office floor, making it really cozy having blankets and duvets and pillows and they'd have toys and, and games and books um it started off initially that I would because everything was on the same floor for my muy bueno um and just literally like two doors away on the same level I'd always lock the door and run to the uh, to the deli and back again uh and they were perfectly fine in, in my locked office and perfectly safe um I remember someone once said to me oh you know because in the very beginning I got a babysitter in and then when we first opened the school in the deli um, but it was just a massive waste of money having someone sat there while they watched a film and paying them like, here you go, there's 50 pounds for doing not much, you know, um, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to hurt themselves. Um, so yeah, I had the whole bathroom done with a shower, had all their school uniform and stuff in drawers and change of clothes and same for me, big rail with clothing. Um, and then literally kind of made it almost like an apartment, really apartment slash office. So it could all be popped away um and everything was back to being my normal office but in the evening it would revert back to basically being an apartment so uh, the boys and I could have you know dinner um they can nest you know nestle down and be in bed fast asleep by seven and I could be sat there working till midnight or one in the morning and then even then getting up really early and then either kept just locking the door quietly and, and nipping next door and going to the deli and getting deli food going. Um, and or, or if we had a cookery course on, getting things moving, we're getting that set up or even just getting on my laptop and replying to clients in the States or New Zealand and overnight emails and so on and so forth without, you know, and only waking them up at like 7.30 or so and they were getting like 12 hours sleep. So much better, so much better for them, uh, so much less stressful. You know, my husband would go home and let the dogs, you know, um, take the dogs for a walk and, you know, feed the animal, feed the cats and all that jazz. And then he wasn't frazzled or stressed, which, you know, was the case when he would go home with them and then have to come back in the morning and trying to get them dressed and get them up and they're tired. So that was how we did things for quite a long time. Uh, you know, and this is as they were getting older now, like, you know, three, four, like four, five, six um and that was just the way it way, way it was really and again didn't really have much choice had had you know uh everything how it was and it's pretty intense having all the different sites and you know as it it grown and my mobile was growing and growing and then always working against the grain of spain and how they do things and how difficult it is there um you know just they can just pretty much take half of everything you make immediately you know um within four seconds of making it so very again yeah very difficult country uh and now even more so you know i mean they're running businesses into the ground over there sadly uh but not surprisingly um needless to say why i made a decision that i did to get out um because yeah really very hard so Anyhow, that's all of that. Um, I'm just trying to look at my notes quickly because I haven't really looked at my notes. I've just been doing what I do and just talking away to all of you. So, yeah, we've obviously covered, obviously, let's have a look. Seth, yeah, all of that side of things. Uh, in the office, yeah, boobs leaks. Yeah, we've covered all these things. There we go. So no nanny. Why is no nanny important to me? So obviously... You know, like most people, you get to, you know, have a rare date night and finally hire a nanny maybe two years in and having 
someone look after your children for the first time ever and it's scary I remember going you know on a date night and not only a yawning non-stop you know I think by nine o'clock we were ready to come home um I know lots of you will resonate with that um but yeah it went just it never occurred to me to have a nanny um and I remember a few people like oh you should get a nanny I was like well why you know I can look after my children myself and I can't afford to have a nanny I'm not going to pay a nanny to be with my children I want to be in my children I want I can do it my job while being with my children so why do I need a nanny and I'd rather that I'm there even if I'm busy doing stuff I'm still there I'm still you know me I'm there and at least when they're like mummy I need mummy 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 the sound of all those mummy mummies but when they need me I'm there you know and I can then put down you know I could be head head into intensely into doing work but then I can close the laptop and have like two or three hours of let's do some painting or let's bake a cake or you know I couldn't do that if I paid a nanny to be with them all day and then I'm off working um so for me it was really important that I had I was with them all the time uh really important for me even more so just to absorb them you know as much as I can every every moment of every day so that I you know the whole point of this is you know this is my rules this is I'm doing it my way and and that works for me um being able to pick up and put down um and have that time with my my children to really absorb them and not be missing them. And a few times, like every so often when I have really intensely busy days, like recently, you know, I have that time at night where I just go, let me look at you. And I just put their heads one at a time, head in hands, and I, let me look at you. Just let me look at you. And just to really look at my son's face and just absorb it and look at, you know, how, just everything, you know, um, uh, amazing, you know, and just taking that in, taking that moment in, you know, and living in the present with that moment, making sure it's recorded in your head and in your heart forever and ingrained in your brain. You can take a million photos, but it's those moments you need to be absorbing into your psyche and into your, yeah, into you. Um, you know, we do live busy, crazy worlds and we do, you know, that's why I designed, you know, the My Muy Bueno cookbook in the way I have, you know, it's practical food, it's accessible, it's great for everyone, it's family eating, it's good for, you know, um, you know, it's, it's it's accessible to everyone, even if you have dietary issues, because I give you the swaps, it's, it's you know, uh, but also it's designed for mamas because it's healthy, good, delicious food, but food that doesn't take much time and it's not too um you know it's not intense with you know all the ingredients massive list of ingredients it's realistic it's achievable follow my steps and it will work like this every time um because i made it with you know mamas in mind specifically working mamas in mind because we are so busy and making sure we're still nourishing ourselves and our children and our bodies and taking that time to break bread with one another and taking that time to enjoy one another and enjoy that enjoy that happiness um that food evokes both from the cooking it and of course the eating it and the enjoyment of eating it with others so um yeah so yeah yeah so yeah no nannies ever no nannies no au pairs never always been always run mine we bueno um yeah, it's my business. It's my baby. And then, yeah, I guess over the years, you know, um, people almost like devaluing my worth as a woman in business, I think was one thing, another thing that, you know, I, I'd been up against before. Because uh, obviously when Paul came into the business, you know, Paul was working in the business, doing a job, 
um and that was his job and when and that was it you know um and then people who would automatically then take the assumption or you know i remember someone posting on my facebook when i launched the cookery school and we had tom akins and all these amazing chefs coming they were like oh well done justine and paul you know and it was just like well really it's not much he's done about that you know it's not it's uh it's all me you know and it was of course that was from a man who just automatically assumed you know um but actually no this is my business thank you very much my business my vision my baby so yes and so and I did get a lot of that over the years people who just then just have this assumption or just tar it with the brush of you know it must be you know credit to 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 the man as well um so yeah I guess that so that was something I guess and a bit of an annoyance over the years and yeah time and again it would happen and then also um uh the other thing that really bothered me was I over you know a couple of years of my boys being in you know when they were starting to come out of nappies I felt like that was a really good time that I could travel again and I could start to really because throughout the time they were born so 213 and 215 for those years those immediate years especially with Seth and his arm because that put everything you know again you could have all the birthing plans and all these wonderful ideas and illusions of grandeur of how your pregnancy is going to be and how your baby's birth is going to be and all these things you can plan for but at the end of the day like anything in life um you're not in control and things happen and you know you get curveballs and that was massive curveball so anything I had planned at the time for the business at the time and really doing a cookbook back then was on my agenda but obviously that all went (laughs) sidestep put on the back burner and so for those first few years it really was my building the business up and then uh towards my vision of everything and at the time people not really knowing what I was doing with mine we went over but I was just head down grafting away grafting hard bringing generating the revenue putting it back into the business opening the next division very much connecting everything and um but only when kind of Jacob was starting to kind of be a little bit yeah yeah easier to I think it was when I came off of breastfeeding um then I was kind of like right I need to start to boost the business forward now in all the ways so I need to start going and doing some courses and training myself I need to go away and start to powerhouse now you know so and also I knew Paul would be all right with the boys uh that he could handle it and uh you know they weren't the, they weren't at the wow 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 stage uh, anymore they were you know um old enough like toddlers I guess um so yeah I remember going and starting to be back and forth between London and here oh sorry London and Mallorca uh in reverse um right but so yeah it was on J and so I knew I was going to be away on Jacob's first birthday even and um obviously you get a pang of guilt a big pang of guilt but I did I remember doing a rainbow birthday cake and um and we celebrated his first birthday like the day before or a few days before I flew and I remember I went and did a course with Michelle Rue Jr and I got him to sign a cookbook to say happy birthday Jacob inside it that I'll keep it forevermore <laughs> um but you know you do uh but it's super important and I needed to be starting to do things I needed to be investing in myself to then go to the next stage of what I want to do in the business and um yeah you know uh and I remember at the time I remember someone said to me oh oh but who's looking after the children who's looking after your boys if you're going off like this and I was like well my husband is oh wow oh wow okay and it was just like this weird 
like, wow, what is that? Like, and then I remember saying, I was like, well, you know, uh, who looks after your children when, you know, when your husband's away? She's like, well, I am, obviously. And I was like, okay, well, but this is no different to that. If I'm off doing something for work, then my husband's the one taking on, assuming that role. Um, why should that be looked at any differently? But of course it does, because there is this funny, still a very funny stigma surrounding um, the roles of, of, yeah, wife and mother and, and, you know, father and the man being the breadwinner and just that whole balance and caregiver and the woman to look after and rear the children and da, 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 all these stereotypical roles, um, that one is meant to assume, uh, however, when you step outside of those boxes that, you know, as an ambitious woman who wants to be not just be a mother, uh, but to be a mother and still have her own identity. And, um, you know, and it doesn't mean you have to ever compromise on either of those areas ever. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's that. Um, and I think, yeah, I just remember having a couple of, of people say that again, it was kind of mainly wives of, of captains, uh, you know, who are staying. There's a, there was a quote actually, it was a really interesting quote I read uh, when I was just doing some some prep for today's show. Um, it was saying about a quote that went vir viral a few years ago and it really summed it up. Women are supposed to work like they don't have children and mother like they don't work outside the home. <laughs> um, and it's so true, you know, as a, as a mom, then suddenly you're meant to be. And you can be all of those things. You can be a brilliant mummy and looking after your children and knowing what's best for them. And you are there in a heartbeat in any any fit time. And, you know, but also when you have to work, you've got work to do. And uh, and you have a really good role to, to you know, deliver on and do. And, and, you know, your focus is obviously bringing in the money, looking after the family and keeping a roof over your head and, um, and also being ambitious and driven and wanting, you know, like for me, my vision for my muy bueno and where I want to take that and to, uh, you know, create something so amazing that my children have something leaving a legacy behind for them with my muy bueno, um, is massively important. And I would hope one day they grow up and they do want to be in the business and can be the future CEOs of my muy bueno should they want it you know and if not then you know they've still got something that's fantastic and great that they might you know want to be involved in or not but it's going to be part of their their family and their family history and 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 more so and they're going to always benefit from it no matter what so um yeah so I think there's still a very um it's very blurry the lines between all of that still and people yeah just don't quite uh, and I, ca I can't even put my finger on it. I'm trying to, you know, I think you know what I'm saying because I'm sure you've all experienced it, you know, but it's just that feeling when you that you get when someone says something and I can't even try and get, I'm trying to think of an example, but when someone says something to you and it just makes you feel a little bit kind of like, you know, to know, like, what is, what is that? You know, you're making me feel like, a bit crap but I shouldn't feel crap but I'm not you know and I've got it's funny it's a really funny feeling um you know and there's nothing to feel crap about you know yes 
you have pangs of guilt. Yes, there are times when I've had to work late and do all-nighters even. I did so many all-nighters. Oh my goodness, you just have to roll back on my Instagram for kind of back in 2.16 or something. I was just, the amount of hours I've put into my muy bueno, I mean, it's, you know, if I was to sit with a calculator and work it out, and I probably should try... I mean, it's insane. I mean, like right now I'm doing on average 18 to 20 hours a day in, a, in any one in any one day over the last few weeks. You know, it's no wonder my eyeballs are like they are, but that's the time going into the business. However, does it mean I'm, you know, ignoring everything else? No, I'm still having to make sure the food shopping's ordered. I'm still doing this. I'm managing that. I'm making sure that, you know, every morning we wake up, we have our cuddles and tell each other how much we love each other and um, you know, finding and you know, yes, when I'm really busy, I find it very hard to find time to bake a cake uh, because it's just not realistic. Like right now, I haven't got the time, and I I promised Jacob I was going to do an acai bowl on the weekend. I just didn't have the time. The time just kept whizzing by, um, and and I've said, right, we're doing it tomorrow. You know, and just it's when you have to start making time, and this is where I started kind of coming up with this whole right. I need to make time. Um, and again, I think another thing that is the worst thing to ever say to me is I don't have time because there's always time. Um, you've got to just reassemble your day better, restructure your day better, reprioritize better, pick up and put down better. And again, going back to if you want to do something, you will do it. And if not, you will make excuses. And there's no difference here. Um, you know, if someone wants to do something, if you ask, ask them to do, you know, they'll either get on and do it or they'll come back and be like, oh, no, I didn't have the time or blah, blah. Well, you really didn't try very hard. And, you know, we have to try harder because as women, you know, we're expected to do it all. We have to do it all because we have to show that we can work just as hard and we can do all these things and we can be amazing mummies and this and that and everything else. You know, we're doing double the workload, really, compared to any one man. Sorry, guys, but it's true. Um, it really is. And it's just, you know, the amount that we have on the enormity on our shoulders to have to deliver, to have to prove ourselves um and this this perfectionism and this drive and this having to put in as much as we do to really achieve all of that um to make it happen and if you have high standards and big goals to reach you know you you've you got to keep you know you, it's all in all the time so um and yeah that sacrifice you know when i'm doing all nighters and i've had you know, a few nights I've maybe, you know, back then I hadn't seen my boys at all. And, but I had to, you know, I was busy. I was working on big jobs, which were bringing, bringing in big money for the business and in turn for us and our family. Uh, and back then before I'd kind of accelerated opening loads of other things and not been able to go away, you know, it's five, was it four and a five years now that I've not had a holiday or we've not had a holiday, uh, which is insane. Um, but the reality of, you know, expanding and, and, you know, lots of staff and lots of, uh, investments of your own, out of your own pocket from the business, you know, and, um, and then having to be all in, you can't just kind of close up and be like, sorry guys, we're closed for a month. You know, it just doesn't work. And especially when my role in the company for our very high net worth clientele, and even like our yacht captains, you know, we're here, we're 24 seven, when that phone rings, we answer it. That's what we do. You say jump, we say how high, you know, and, and we deliver. So I, I need to be at the disposal of people, you know, and I remember the last holiday was in Barbados. And the second we arrived at the Lone Star, looked out at the beautiful blue ocean. Um, and uh, we went and got changed and really excited to go to the beach. And just as we were walking to go towards, you know, exiting the 
beautiful villa, uh, my phone went and it was a client and I just looked at it and went, oh. I said to my husband, take the boys, I'll meet you at the beach. And of course, it was a situation with the chef I'd place and been a problem. I had to sort it out. So I had to swing open the laptop, urgently place the, you know, post a job, knowing that chefs who were over in the med, it'd be their morning or their end of day, they would see it. It was my morning here and over there in the Barbados. Um, it's just the nature of the beast. And it's, you are, you are all in all the time. And it's that com- level of commitment and that level of work and that level of everything that's developed my muy bueno with the reputation that I have today and the company has today Um, and you know and along the way never compromising on my core values and just really you know uh, staying true to them in every area Um, and I guess yeah applying myself with the same mentality you know whether it's as a mummy and uh, you know making sure that everything the wheels are always turning there and my boys want for nothing and you know and they understand you've got to bear in mind as well like with my boys they've They've known no difference. And when they were sleeping on my office floor all the time and then getting up and coming to the deli and mummy was cooking and just these are, this was their norm. That was their, that's their world. They've only ever known this, you know, growing up within the My Muy Bueno world as My Muy Bueno was growing with them, really. I mean, My Muy Bueno, we're nine now, we'll be 10 in December. So Seth is, uh, he's going to be eight this June. So yeah, so really two year head start. And then it was straight into being working mummy from there. So they've grown throughout this time with the business with me as a working mama, um, grinding hard, moving mountains. Um, and yeah, you have to make sacrifices. Of course you do. But how is that any different to anyone else making a sacrifice, whether you're male or female? It's regardless, any man who has to go away to work, he's making a sacrifice to then be away from his children and his wife and his family. Why is that any different for me? If I've got to go away, of course, I'm having to make that sacrifice. Is it for good reason? Yes, of course it is. It's going to be for bringing money in for my family. So therefore it's justified. But you know what? I don't need to justify it. And certainly not to you, random person saying something to me. Um, and, you know, and again, over the years being judged, judged by, I remember going, I remember the one and only time I took my children to a birthday party. And after that, I let Paul do it. Uh, and I was judged. Oh, my goodness. It was a group of women who didn't work. Uh, they were all funded by their lovely, rich uh, husbands doing whatever they do but so they were all there with their nails and their hair and yada 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 and I remember sitting at the table uh, while the boys played and you know um, oh my gosh literally kind of the, the judgment you know I remember saying you know they turned and didn't know me from a bar of soap and obviously they never see me none of my children uh, it was only really in the last year of uh, my boys school I got to connect with some lovely mummies, actually, in, in Jacob's class, uh, who are friends now. But uh, that was the first time, actually, I'd actually found some nice women who were good human beings and not kind of uh, weirded out by another, an independent woman who, who runs her own company um, and is a mummy, too. So, yeah, I remember the, they were kind of asked, what you know, oh, what do you do? Where do you live? Oh, you must come and do yoga with us in the daytime. And it was like oh no, I work, I'm, I'll be working, you know, or, oh, we never see you at the school. No, my husband does the school run because I'm working. Um, and just the looks on their faces, it was kind of trying to summarize what it, the look was. It was kind of some weird mix of kind of, I don't know, disgust, <laughs> I don't know. But I just remember it made me feel really, really 
really crap and I hated that I was just like what is that like why are you making me like you know what I'm not looking at you and judging you for your life I'm not asking what you do and oh do you work you don't work oh you know nothing you don't do anything at all all day you just play yoga and drop the kids at nurse so the kids are in nursery all day what are you doing the rest of the time uh, no no I'm not judging you for that at all because if that works for you and you're happy and your husband's earning 20 grand a month well that's great but that's not me and that's not my world and my life and um and and respect that you know and so therefore finding and again this goes back to obviously naysayers and all those people again and different traits of people and finding your tribe and having the right women who are drawn to you for all the right reasons and again through my women in business breakfast meeting other awesome women and and again I found my women in business breakfast really generated the type of women who would be drawn to them who were the good eggs you know you wouldn't get you'd get the odd occasionally would get the odd one one or two who'd stick their head in and they didn't ever want to sign the registration which is also a confidentiality agreement you know what happens in the group or is talked about in the group stays in the group um but they just wanted to be nosy and see how things were um you know and it just again not 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 our people uh really so yeah so i ended up um finding some really lovely um mummers in yeah in the last year before we left the island which i'm very grateful to to have met um and yeah that's that's great um but yeah there is sacrifice along the way of course there is you know and and always having to say to people you know again I haven't got time I haven't got time for a social life I haven't got time for friends I haven't got time to go to kids birthdays I haven't got time you know I haven't because when I have time that's my family time that's my time for my children that I can have quality time with them so I haven't got the time for this or that or the other and so for all these years I've sacrificed a social life I've sacrificed holidays I've sacrificed lots of different things because my focus has either just been purely into growing the business or growing my children and those are my things that matter so much and so greatly Um, and those are the areas that get all of my time so um and obviously you know now being here in london it's great it's lovely you know now i've kind of got you know I and mean, don't get me wrong i'm working so freaking hard right now but i mean when we come out of lockdown i've got like a couple of really nice lunches and dinners booked with some girlfriends and that that's going to be my time that's i'm going to enjoy that um and then yeah my boys are off next week it's going to be bananas i'm going to have to plot my day better, get up earlier, go to bed later, because I want to be able to do stuff like take them to the park. And I want to uh, bake with them. And I want to do some painting with them. I want to do different stuff with them, you know. Uh, And I've got this hit list, like a list of things I haven't done with them yet that I need to do before one day I wake up and they're like 16, you know, like paper macheing. I've been wanting to do paper mache with them for forever. Um, And I know I just need to sit down on Amazon and order all the stuff and get some newspaper and just, oh, I just really, I just want to do it and so um i've put like this hit list of things i want to get achieved um uh throughout you know this year really um and making sure i do them so i think it's just about managing your time as always it all goes back to time management prioritizing and reprioritizing uh being organized getting your ducks in a row all of those things come into play again uh, and again removing the naysayers removing you know the people who are then wasting your time or they're toxic and they're draining you or judging you you know you don't need that you don't need that in your life um 
yeah, get those people, get them out. They don't deserve you. They don't deserve to be in your life. If that's the type of energy they bring into it, you know, you want people who lift you up and strengthen you and people that when you have the time, you know, you, you get to speak to them or do, oh, I'm WhatsApp notes and Facebook notes all the way. Voice notes are the best things ever. If you, yeah, you hear from me, you hear from me nowadays all by voice note because I can literally say everything I need to say very quickly. Uh, I'm not having to sit and type and type and type and type. Um, and just to ping them across, you know, whether it's a, sending it on Facebook to a chef to say, hi, I've got this amazing job and are you interested? Da, 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 or sending it to a friend and having a quick check-in and a rundown. I just find it so much more achievable um, in in the world we live in uh, to be able to do that and incorporate that into my day. It's so much more instant um, to cover everything very quickly. And it encourages people to reply with a voice note. And often it's like, oh, oh I'm not, I haven't used one of these before. I'm kind of getting people using them more, which is great. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to having some time for me to go and have catch up and spend time with girlfriends talking about Oh, just good things and lovely things um, after such a horrifically hard last few months with so many different hurdles and things I didn't even see coming um, uh, and having to deal with those and still dealing with them. But anyway, that's another conversation for another day. But, um, but yeah, looking forward to wine and food and being outside and ah, oh, so, and then yeah, just, just cracking on really, you know, again, got things to do, got things to make sure the wheels keep turning, make sure my team know what's going on, making sure I'm on top of the things they need to do. Uh, who's on it? Chef we're featuring. I want to feature this person. Let's interview them. Let's, you know, I'm just constantly moving through all the different areas. You know, I'm some parts of the business I'm just not getting the time to be in as much uh, because I'm having to prioritize into the areas that are busy right now and strike while the iron's hot because it's significantly important right now uh, after the business has suffered so badly and had so much financial loss and being all in right now matters so much you know and I've got the girls that I have um, on my team you know working part-time um, at the moment from home uh, and and just doing what they do and keeping on top of that and that you know, their jobs, you know, they're supporting me. They're, each element of what they do is a massive support for me. Uh, but otherwise, it's just me, you know, and I'm the one working all the hours. And uh, and that's the only way, you know, if you've gone through, you know, a hard time, the only way to survive it is to streamline and to reduce things down, to literally not be spending out as much and make sure you are bringing in the money to then start chipping away at the bank loans and, and getting your ducks in a row and, and pushing forward. But at the same time, you've also got to keep pushing the business forward. Um, still got to be doing everything you're doing at home. Still got to keep all the balls turning uh, with home and with work. And, you know, it's just it's part and parcel of it. And this is why I always say there is no such thing as work-life balance. Um, and my girlfriend said it to me the other day, or, oh, you know, Justine, you know, you're just working too hard. And uh, you know, and it came from a good place, obviously, but it was like, you know, got to have some balance. And it's like, but it's, it's when it's your own business, you know, and she doesn't have her own business. So it's very difficult to then understand unless you are in these shoes. But when it's your own business, you know, there is no just calling it a day at five o'clock, you know, you can't, you know, and I, I really can't, you know, maybe, okay, if you had a shop and you opened it at this time and closed it at that time, and maybe you could find some sort of, um, you know, lesser amount to, you know, you have a set structure, you know, maybe that, and that works for you and that's fine. Um, you know, and that, yeah, yeah. 
but for me, it's never been the case. It's the case of, you know, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in all the time in all areas. Um, I apply myself 100% to all areas. What I don't do is I don't saturate my time. So each client gets all of me. My children get all of me. Unless I have, uh, I'm expecting an urgent phone call or I have a chef you know, coming back to me after an interview or something like that, something urgent, something important, then I need to keep a phone around me. You know, I mean, the phone's around and I've got multiple phones um, for different purposes. But, you know, the main phone, you know, if I need to turn it off or turn it on flight mode or or just put it on silent, I will, because then my time with my children has to be 100% me all in, not me distracted, you know, and sometimes I'll be working and they'll come up and be asking, I'm like, sorry, baby, just hold on one minute, you know, and I have to say, please hold on. And, you know, mommy, one more minute, one more minute. And I'm sure we've all been there, right? You know, and you hear yourself saying it until you hear yourself saying one more minute so many times and you hear their frustration, you know, and you're like, okay, right, I'm stopping for, right, I'm stopping. I'm looking at you tell me, you know, um, I remember Jacob went through a phase of like putting his hand in front of my eyes, in front of the computer to stop me looking at the computer and look at him, but it would be like right in the middle of something really crucial. Um, and yeah, just having that time for them, of course, is massively important and, uh, but making it quality and, uh, you know, um, it might not always be quantity, but it's always quality. Uh, you know, they, and they're now, you know, they're an age they've, you know, they've had a wonderful upbringing in Mallorca. They had the blessing of having both mummy and daddy around while growing up, um, which is, you know, a huge thing. And again, see, and I think that was the thing as well from a judgy place of other people that I think got my goat so much is the fact that there used to always be this kind of judgment of, yeah, about, you know, the kids and oh wow you must never see them and actually I see them probably more than you see your kids you know because <laughs> the point is if you're going off to work and doing your job whereas I can see my children I can do stuff with them I can you know if I decide to go right you know what everyone we're going to the beach which often sometimes I did I'd be like right I've smashed that or I've just got this job in the bag nothing else is urgent let's go let's just go right now let's jump in the car and go get a pizza or let's do this and I could do that, you know, in the same way with the whole them being sick or anything or just, you know, just because I wanted to or say, you know, let's let's check in school today and, you know, let's go and go for a walk or do this or because you can. And that's great, you know, so and that's one of the best parts about having your own business. And again, you call the shots. It's your rules. No one else's. Whereas other people don't get to do that. You know, they have to work for someone else and therefore they don't get to choose to do those things. They don't get to choose when they can, you know, swan off for a day or they can't just leave work halfway and go off and, you know, so it's all of those things, you know, there's lots of wonderful factors which are brilliant, you know, and as exhausting as it is at times, it's, you know, it's just all in. It's all in for, you know, there is you're just plugged in permanently and it's for you. It's all, I find it, it's very satisfying, very rewarding. And like my, you know, my business is, for me, it's not work. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's creativity, it's people, it's community. It's yes, it's business. Yes. I have a, you know, my business head and my focus and my vision and I'm very driven and I work very hard. Um, it's cause I love what I do. I love my brand. I love my, I emanate my brand. I love 
uh, the connections between, you know, the culinary world and the super yacht world and the luxury world and everything that My Muy Bueno stands for uh, with our core values and everything else and how unique that is and how special it is. And it's, it is, it's an extension of me in the same way that's what my children are. And so every, all of it gets me, you know, um, and is nurtured by me. And, you know, My Muy Bueno is my, my, very first baby, you know, uh, and, you know, growing, growing well. And yes, we've had a knock, you know, we've had knocks along the years, but, you know, you get up, you get stronger, you evolve, you adapt. We've done all the adapting and evolving, of course, in this last year um, and pushing out to the other side of it. But, and yes, it's been testing and lockdown was testing. And this last lockdown was very testing. You know, my husband did not cope well and it's caused a lot of, uh, upheaval. Uh, it's really, I think this lockdown has been the hardest uh, with the boys being off of school again. You know, the last time that happened was when the pandemic first hit, you know, but we had, uh, you know, Mallorca and sunshine and a swimming pool. And, you know, uh, it, yeah, this this one was the has definitely been uh, the hardest and, and uh, lots of kind of changes off the back of it. And I know a lot of people have really struggled and going through struggles because it really has mentally, um, mentally really just knocked people. And I think in January I was feeling really very emotionally knocked and then obviously it wasn't so busy, but now, you know, again, I've gotten stronger, um, you know, and also there's always that overriding factor that I have, which is I can't, I can't stop. I don't get to keel over. I don't get a pass. I've never had a pass, you know, I don't get to, you know, go off and, disappear for a day or whatever I just can't do that you know I've got responsibilities my children are my responsibility and my business is my responsibility and I take those things very very seriously as both a mother and as a businesswoman as an entrepreneur um and and that's my job you know and I'm not defined by just being a mother and I'm not defined just being a woman in business I'm you know I'm Justine Murphy and and you know this is me this is my life this is all of me on a plate uh you know and I'm going to work damn hard for it and and you know keep achieving and and showing my and setting my boys an example how hard work you know that you can achieve anything down to hard work and passion and drive and ambition and love for what you do and that money doesn't just grow on trees and that you've got to work for it and and then buy nice things and have nice things and look after those nice things and really uh, cementing those values in them uh, you know, they see it. They see how hard I work. They totally get that. They know now, you know, they see it now more than ever because they are older and they're like, wow, you know, uh, and like lately, obviously my eyes have been so sore and they're like, you close the laptop, mummy. And, you know, here's your glasses, mummy. And I've brought a bath for you, mummy. And here's a coffee, mummy. I mean, my boys have been uh, the last few weeks alone, just amazing. You know, they're, I mean, they're six and seven for goodness sakes. And they are my support system really which is crazy but it's yeah they are just incredible so yeah just pushing on in all the ways it's not easy but like everything um everything of value uh, you know is 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 of course harder work and you've got to put much more into you know because the reward is greater and um and yeah that's that that really is that kind of sums it up really um yeah, they you know they're they're my everything. They really are. So I couldn't I couldn't have it any other way. You know, um, approaching situations head on, just getting on with it, doing what I do, 
pushing forward, sharing that, you know, along the way um, so that it may help you and to give you some kind of, uh, yeah, something to kind of think on and, and, you know, really kind of push you in different angles or, you know, because it is isolating. And as a woman in business, no one else understands what you're going through or what you're doing other than another woman in business. Um, then you resonate with one another. But your girlfriends who don't do that just don't get it. Or your other friends, like the people just don't get it. They don't understand how much goes in behind the scenes and what's happening all the time. And again, they, you know, everyone only sees the outside stuff. Everyone sees all the, yay, Instagram stories. And, you know, yes, as much as I'm, you know, sharing lots on there, I'm also not sharing the bare raw stuff going on behind closed doors because that's my private private business and you know and only along the way navigating through things do I share elements when I see fit and feel comfortable to do so uh, but the rest of the time it's the highlights real isn't it you're seeing all the good stuff all the time and that's not the reality of life um, but you know like my social media is my business it's you know it's my job now it's my am I you know building my community sharing everything you know sharing about the business it's it's part of my work you know and it's a very surreal thing you know like you you're aware that all your friends watch your instagram stories your friends all know what you're doing yet you have no idea what they're doing you know um and it's a very weird feeling that, that they know all this stuff but you haven't actually told them you've not had that conversation in a real time real life conversation so it's a very bizarre um feeling I guess and uh and then that feeling and again how the world is changing and it's shifting and it's very it's very strange dynamic at times I guess now and um and then yeah having you know then you have conversations with them and they already know everything about you and what you've been doing and you have some friends who tell you they watch and other friends who don't and make out they don't so that's always a bit weird in itself as well uh yes yes I know and probably if you listen to the podcast too but they will never tell you otherwise yeah I have other friends who tell me and they listen to it uh dutifully every fortnight and love it and always send me a message to say that they've listened and they're not women in business they're just women who uh, yeah, being supportive and um, and sharing in that. And then, of course, feeling equally empowered and inspired and taking and resonating and taking things from it too. So, uh, which is the beauty of this very podcast. So, yeah, it's all very strange, really. And then, yeah, so people know everything you're doing and then, you know, um, but then the actual real life, the real stuff not being shared, they don't, they don't know because that's not, you know, yes, it's very strange, it's very weird. So the whole world of social media. Um, but again, yeah, going back to the highlights, you know, that is it. Um, and life is not full of just highlights. Yes, there's plenty of hi uh, highlights, but there's also plenty of hurdles, plenty of, um, uh, yeah, curveballs and all sorts of things. But it makes us stronger as always. The pattern as per every episode is always still the same. We always, uh, we get stronger, we feel more equipped, we are, um, uh, you know, you get wiser and savvier to handle different situations, you get better at who you have in your circle, you get better with who you choose to do business with, um, and you get better at who you choose to have your, give your time to in business and in uh, your personal life, you know, you have to be picky, you have to be choosy now, you know, time really is precious. Um, so as a, you know, as a, as a mama, as a working mama, you know, your time is going into the quality clients and the things you have to do to push your business forward and grow it and 
do all the things you want to do uh, and then going into your children and, and nurturing them and making sure that you take the time and make the time and allocate that time for them to do the other things, you know, the trip to the zoo or this or that, or, you know, I want to go and just we'll get a pizza and go sit on the grass next week and go and have a picnic. You know, I want to go and take them to St. James's Park or to Holland Park. Something like that will be amazing. Uh, last time, I mean, yeah, last time we were out was just before Christmas. And those of you who do watch my Instagram story, it was the round robin when I took them to see all the Christmas lights all around. And we watched the Fortnum and Mason doors open and the ding dongs and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, they've not we've not had that at all for all these months. So just be able to start as lockdown eases, taking them out, come and, you know, go and have a lunch with me and enjoy being with them and enjoying food together and visiting places and supporting restaurants and and having that quality time away from things and um yeah and and making that time so yeah I think that pretty much exhausts and summarizes everything (laughs) to do with uh being a working mama I hope it's uh been an interesting episode my goodness it's been an hour and a half long sorry guys wow um (laughs) you might have to listen to this in two or three stages uh but i hope you enjoy it i hope you get lots from it i hope you uh please rate it with five stars if you've enjoyed it please if you go on to do that on uh, the podcast uh itunes or apple podcast bit and then when you scroll down to the bottom you have the option to rate it with the stars so if you could please do that because it really does help uh nudge it up the charts to get seen by other people other women in business who will then get to see it and benefit from it and that's the whole point and the bigger the community can grow and the more women who can be inspired and it can help them that in turn will help others and help other communities and strengthen awesome female-led businesses all over the globe and that's the vision so um and yeah happy easter it's easter this weekend uh so have uh and those of you with children in school going on some holiday uh chris there you go brain is starting to short circuit easter holidays um yeah enjoy the next two weeks find some time for some doing some cool stuff uh keep the wheels turning obviously and with your business uh keep relying on your to-do lists and prioritizing and reprioritizing enjoy your little ones don't let them stress you out too much or trash the house too much um yeah my husband's away next week so i am uh yeah it's then all the other stuff that i need to make sure i'm doing like taking the dog for a walk taking the rubbish out yada 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 those 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 lovely chores uh that i don't normally have to worry about so (laughs) um yeah loading the dishwasher goodness i tend to just wash up much easier just get it done washed up done put away anyway that's me i'm uh gonna go and crack on now i've got lots to do lots of work to get on top of and things to get organized with um if you haven't of course got my cookbook where have you been you need to get it enjoy it in fact i think it's got even bigger i think there's a bigger discount it's like 17 pounds or something at the moment on amazon so go and get the my Muy bueno cookbook go and enjoy cooking from it i'm going to be doing my slow i'm going to do like a moroccan vibe feast for the boys and i on sunday is the plan for easter so i'm going to do like um my slow cooked lamb i'm going to do my tomato and pomegranate salad with like uh 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 pomegranate molasses and then i'm gonna do um my beautiful couscous with pistachios and feta and cranberries and then some roasted mediterranean vegetables with courgettes and peppers and aubergine and red onion 
and then a big pot of hummus, lots of tahini, um, and then, yeah, oh, and some flatbreads to just, like, slop it all up with and just, like, oh, melt in your mouth lamb and just, like, make, like, a souvlaki. Oh, yeah, um, and a nice cod. This weekend I am going to reward myself with a cold glass of Sancerre. I've been hanging for a really cold glass of Sancerre, especially going recently on my terrace at work while it was hot and sunny yesterday. I was just like, oh, Gosh, but of course, it's something I can't often do um, because I haven't, I can't afford to have a headache. And after having two children, one glass of wine gives me a headache, which is why if I have wine, it has to be really, really, really good wine. So it's got to be Sancerre or a really good Albarino, crisp, cold, delicious. Um, yeah, anything else? I just, I just drink water instead. Then thanks, because I just can't. Um, I can't have a migraine within half an hour of drinking something, and then I can't function the next day. And on occasion, I'll have a blowout if I've had a really, swoof, like back in January, things were really stressful. So I had the old blowout with a couple of glasses of wine, and then boy, did I suffer for it the next day. So really, hangovers aren't an option anymore. Uh, but the odd blowout on occasion is fine, and definitely planning on a few of those next month when I finally get to see some ah oh, some girlfriends and just have that time uh, to catch up and connect and yeah really sink some great wine and yeah I'm all or nothing so it's the water or it's the a lot of wine <laughs> and then I will be uh, uh, dealing with that the next day which is often very painful but manageable with a Nando's or something of course um, <laughs> right that's it that's it from me so uh, for another two weeks and in fact we're going to be carrying on this whole um, pattern of what we've been talking about today really connecting with the next episode which is going to be called a man's world man's world is it man's world no I don't think so we're trying to move it towards being a woman's world too uh, gender parity we're a long way from it but doing everything possible that we can is absolutely essential so we'll be covering all of that i've got a brilliant guest in from the sports industry so that's where we're going to be shining a lot of light and um can't wait really can't wait to bring her to you to share her with you share her journey share everything she has to say but between now and then keep your ducks in a row keep safe keep well keep pushing forward and um i'll speak to you in two weeks time 